This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Well, we're looking to make sure that we have efficiencies in the government of Alberta in general. We've been working really hard these last few months in my department and others, so uh, it'll come out of the existing budget. So, you know, the school boards do not need to worry that they would uh, compromise the services that they provide to kids. Well, there you go. That was Education Minister David Egan speaking with Bruce Kenyon this morning in the morning news on News Talk 770, uh, talking about Bill 1 which is going to reduce school fees for about 600,000 students. Now, these are fees aimed at uh, transportation and instructional supplies. This is going to cost about $54 million this year. So where's that money going to come from, I guess, is the question. I know certainly school fees have been controversial and have, uh, I think, irked a lot of families. Why are they paying out of pocket for what seem like pretty fundamental parts of the education system? So what's this going to mean going forward? Joining us uh, for some thoughts as to what this is going to mean to school boards, uh, Mary Martin joins us, president of the Alberta School Boards Association. Mary, thanks for joining us here. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. What are your initial impressions then of of Bill 1 and what this is going to mean? Well, you know, at at first blush, I'd have to say that we're cautiously optimistic. Um, You know, you're quite right in noting that uh, fees are uh, a burden for many families in Alberta. We're finding ourselves in a very austere situation. provincial climate economically, and we're pleased that the the province has recognized this. Uh, The Alberta School Boards Association, which um, serves the 61 public, separate, and francophone school boards in the province, has long advocated for predictable, adequate, and sustainable funding. So uh, attention uh, towards the reduction of fees and the burden that that creates is very welcome. Yeah, and certainly there, there's, you know, I mean, these fees do different from from board to board, and so there, mm-hmm. there really isn't that consistency, right? You know, you've got 61 boards, and, you know, the good news about that is that the, the 61 boards that serve the province are actually the boots on the ground, and they know their communities the very best. And it's in conjunction with consultations with their communities that they're able to shape an ideal educational experience uh, for the community that they serve. And part of that uh, it w- will result in some autonomy relative to uh, fee structures and meeting the needs of both communities. It does look very different. Yeah, so I mean, how did we get ourselves in a situation where we became so reliant on these school fees? I think it's safe to say that to the greatest extent possible, school boards are very sensitive to uh, what they are asking in terms of um, financial support for the programs that they offer. I can tell you that that's a very important conversation, not only locally at the local school board level, but provincially as well. Uh, We are charged with providing the very best educational opportunities for the communities that we serve, but we also are charged by the province with doing so in a manner that reflects fiscal stewardship and uh, an attention to uh, creating the very best experiences that we can. It's um, it's important work, and we're um, extraordinarily de- dedicated to uh, to doing that. And and certainly, uh, setting fees for uh, for these opportunities for our students is an important part of that conversation. Right, because school boards only have so many options. Uh, you rely on the funding provided by the Alberta government. If that funding is insufficient to cover your cost, there, there's mm-hmm. not a lot of other options, I guess. 
you know, certainly, again, this is where the voice of the community really um, becomes important. And it's one of the most important roles of a school jurisdiction to, to really listen to the communities, to find out what it is they're looking for in educational offerings. Uh, that are relevant for their for their community. We are charged with the responsibility of, of preparing Alberta students, so 600,000 students, uh, to be competitive not only within their local communities, but to be lifelong learners and competitive provincially, nationally, and beyond. It's an incredible responsibility, and we take that very seriously. So the conversation about the types of education offerings that we provide and how those are going to be provided, and part of that is a, a conversation around fees, uh, is one of the most important aspects of your local school board. Right, but do, do we also need to look at how money is being spent? I mean, uh, is, should we assume that money is being spent in the education system as efficiently as it possibly can? I think it's a given that that's um, an expectation of a local school board. You know, we know that, uh, a- again, we have a difficult provincial uh, climate economically. We know that this is public money, and we recognize the um, the trust that the public puts in us to uh, to manage those funds as carefully as we can while not compromising in any way uh, the preparation of our students to lead. So going forward, I guess part of it's going to... We, we don't really know all the, the details of Bill 1 to begin mm-hmm. with, and I guess whatever might come after that, that's, that's another mm-hmm. big question. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, we, we have... Uh, this was tabled. I had the privilege of being in uh, the legislature to watch this bill tabled. Uh, it was very well received, uh, both in the gallery and, and uh, by Minister Egan's colleagues. And, you know, deservedly so, because it's very well intended. It's a recognition that um, uh, while we are prepared to invest... Uh, in in uh, public education in the province of Alberta, we need to do so wisely, and uh, part of that is attention to the asks that we are making of of our families. All right. Well, we'll see what uh, does come from this this government, Mary. Thanks for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thank All you right, very take much, care. Mary Martin, president of the Alberta School Boards Association. So, uh, you know, they're cautiously optimistic here, but I guess we'll have to wait and see the details. If we're going to save parents more than $50 million next year, which is what the Alberta government's saying, Bill 1, an act to reduce school fees. But where's that money going to come from? Does that mean that school boards are going to have to cut $50 million in spending? Well, the minister says no. Okay. Well, then where is the money going to come from? If you hadn't noticed, we're running a pretty big deficit at the moment and we'll be running deficits for the foreseeable future. That's all well and good to say, hey, you know, we're going to just throw $50 million at school boards, cut school fees, fantastic. Well, yeah, again, where's that $50 million coming from? Anyway, 403-974-TALK is our number, 974-8255. Well, some time for your calls and your texts when we return here. It's Afternoons on News Talk 770. All right, welcome back. 403-974-8255. It's a little bit more from uh, David Agin speaking with Bruce Kenyon this morning in the morning news Uh, saying that this is going to force different departments to do things differently. The school fees have been, it's been a bit of a wild west over the last, uh, you know, decade or more. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to rein it in and make sure that uh, uh, obviously publicly funded schools should be affordable and uh, there should not be barriers to uh, kids' education like this. Okay, so just on that point, right, do people disagree with that? Putting aside uh, other questions about how the NDP is budgeting, the deficits we're facing, or other things they might be doing, just on that point, should there be school fees at all? Right? So 
th- th- look, this is an issue that's been around for a while, long before the NDP ever came into power, uh, that school boards started turning to this as a way of generating revenue to cover their costs, arguing that they had costs that needed to be covered and that what was coming from the province was insufficient. Now, there may be people who, look, they don't have any kids in, in the school system, and if families who do end up paying a little more themselves as more of a user-pay kind of approach, maybe to some people that seems reasonable. So should there be school fees at all? What should be the circumstances under which we, we allow them? How much should they be? What should they be for? I don't think it's reasonable to say parents will never have to pay out of pocket for anything that arises during the school year. You are going to have extras. If your kid's going to go on a field trip, you may have to pay for that. Right? If your student is in band and the band is going to play uh, at a, a school in a different city, or they're going to go to band camp, you're going to have to pay for that. They're organizing a class trip, you're going to have to pay for that. So that all seems obvious. So where, where's the line then? Well, parents should be saying, no, 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 that's part of school. That should uh, be funded by the school board. Uh, David Egan says they've actually looked at uh, all school boards across the, the province to try to find some some commonalities. You know, this uh, bill, if it's passed, will also give us a chance to really shake down other school fees as well and to just to see where it's being uh, had. But, um, you know, $39 million just for basic instructional fees, I thought that's a great place to start. Part of this bill, if it's passed, is for all school fees to come pass through uh, some uh, further analysis and discussion so that uh, we can make sure that, you know, school fees are maybe not leaking out. If I rein them in in one place, they don't start to really grow in another. All right, there you go. So their intention is to reduce them further. I mean, maybe the other point is that if they are going to exist, maybe they should be the same across the board. So there's predictability. Okay, there's a fee that exists, a textbook fee that exists. This is what it costs in textbook fees for a grade 8 student. And that's going to be the same in Calgary as it is in Edmonton, as it is in Red Deer, as it is anywhere else. Does that make sense? Let's go to the phones. Uh, this is Margaret. Margaret, good afternoon. Hi there. Hi, Margaret. I, I, just have, I just have a few things to say in terms of, of how are they going to raise money. Because my children were in school 22 to 25 years ago. Okay. And at that time, I was a single mom. I was paying almost $1,500 in September as my school fees. Wow. So that meant outdoor, outdoor ed, mm-hmm. all the little programs that the kids were in. But we also, I also ended up volunteering my time raising money for auctions for the school so that they can buy computers, so that they can buy... We went, we went to casinos so that we could run the school more efficiently. We gave the teachers 50 to $100 per class so that they can um, buy the extras. That's how we did that 22 to 25 years ago. But I tell you what, I hated September because it was so expensive. It was worse than Christmas time. That's my opinion. Yeah. All right, Margaret, appreciate the phone call. As you can see, I mean, we've, we've had this issue for a long time. At this text, by the way, it says, Rob, when are we going to talk about the elephant in the room? Our teachers make 20% more than teachers in other provinces. Uh, look, yeah, salaries, uh, benefits, those are a big cost. The education system, the healthcare system, you name it. Do we have a government prepared to address that? 
Uh, Harry is on the line. Harry, go ahead. I um, I remember when Ralph Klein came into power. Yeah, and I remember that too. Yeah, at that time, he what he did was there used to be uh, two sections on the return uh, house tax. There used to be one strictly half of that was designated for the school and half was designated for the city you were living in. What he did was he collected all that money into one single coffer. And that's when I remember I sent my first kid to school, and that's when they started charging money, school fees and pencils and pens and papers. And then it kept on going up and up and up and up. And now I'm sending my youngest to school, and this year um, I think we have already paid uh, around about thirteen or $1,400, and school is not over yet. <laughs> yeah. so it's going to keep on going up if it's not curbed because I'm not trying to blame anybody, but if, when the money does not belong to you, it's very easy to spend it away, very easy. Taxpayers' money has no value for any politician or any institution. Well, that's probably true, unfortunately. Harry, appreciate the phone call. And look, I mean, you know, we've even noticed it does vary from school to school, even grade to grade, which is weird. You know, you'll get the note from the school, here's what your child needs for next year. So you might have one child that's got to buy all the pens and the paper and the, the binders, uh, the marker, everything. And then elsewhere, it's like, no, you know, the school will provide most of those things. So it is weird how much it can vary. And, yeah, those, those things, you're, you're out of pocket. So what do we consider to be the basics? What do we consider reasonable to say, parents, look, you got to pay for that. Your kid needs pencils for this year. You're the one to go buy these pencils. Let's go back to the phones here. Mike, go ahead. Good afternoon, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, you bet. Uh, I guess one of the points that I was make, we, we, we mentioned the word textbooks. I think we're in an electronic age that uh, why are we reprinting these books every year? And why don't we buy our children a tablet for $200 and use that uh, and rather than reprinting books? That could go right to university as well. I think there's a lot of money spent on textbooks that shouldn't be. One, one of my thoughts. Um, well, tablets aren't cheap. Uh, the basic tablet, uh, reader tablet, you can get for probably a couple hundred dollars that could last from grade to grade to grade. So they just re- we'll just reload the software for whatever books that are required for, for the grade. Well, I mean, in theory, that could work. I think part of the yeah. problem is that you see how quickly technology changes and how obsolete sure. I know, uh, technology is right after, after a few years. And we see how well kids can take care of that kind of stuff, too. No, that's true, too. Yeah, I guess there'd be some uh, you know, growing pains that way. But we are throwing away textbooks. You know, yeah. you know we're printing paper and stuff like that. So No, it is a good point. And, you you and would that. think that there might be a different way to do things now. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that, that's one of the points. The other point, uh, second point, uh, uh, real quick, we did a trip to Cuba. It was an interesting concept. We toured, toured their schools, and their schools uh, had a TV screen in the corner of the school. And a grade, say, grade 6 math came on at 10 o'clock. And so all of the schools would be learning grade six math at 10 o'clock in the morning and, and then there'd just be teacher's aides in the school. So uh, another thought to think of and uh, that's coming from a communistic country, of course, but it yeah, was right. just kind of an interesting concept. Yeah, no kidding. Mike, interesting point. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, let's see what Eric has to say. Eric, good afternoon. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, I, I was listening to Danielle's show as well earlier and, and it seems to me that, that this government just cannot help 
but find ways to buy votes. And I think this is one of those ways. And I've got two kids in school and, you know, sure, I'll take the money. I've also had my taxes go up. But, you know, I just don't see any fiscal responsibility here. And I also wonder, you know, next year, will it be a a promise to the university students who are of voting age uh, that uh, if elected again in 19 uh, or 2019, that perhaps uh, they'll see a reduction in their fees? Who knows? But there is there's really some serious concern here. You know, if you think a $10 billion deficit is bad, if we keep down this road, will it be 12, 14, 16 next year? I don't know. I mean. You heard you heard the comments today about retrofitting houses with with uh, with uh, new light bulbs, uh, washers, and all sorts of things like that. I mean, one fellow estimated the cost per house to be over two thousand dollars. You imagine if every house took them up on this? Oh yeah, no kidding, right? Like this, there's some serious problems here with the uh, with the uh, fiscal unaccountability of this government. Yep, bingo, absolutely, Eric. Appreciate the phone call. You know, as Don Braid notes in the uh, Calgary Herald today. Says the NDP's latest throne speech is a laser beam aimed at the loyalty and votes of Alberta's modest income families, while virtually ignoring larger conservative concerns about debt and deficits. Right, we've been told this by consecutive governments, both provincial and federal. Hey, it's no big deal. We're just going to borrow. We'll borrow, and hey, now, you know, interest rates are really low. It'd be crazy not to borrow. So on it goes. But as Don Brake notes... Along with many other NDP measures, the elimination of these school fees is directed at the treasure trove of suburban voters who belonged to the progressive conservatives for four decades. Premier Rachel Notley's crew imagined a 2019 election campaign in which conservatives scream for cuts, and she dares them to bring back school fees and payday loans, eliminate the child tax credits, remove the cap on electricity prices. Another measure the NDP will enact in this session. That's how they're trying to set it up. You know, one of the callers called it buying votes, and maybe it is, but it does put the other parties in a tough spot because what are you going to do? If the voters like what's being thrown at them, you might pay a political price for saying, well, yeah, we're going to take that away. Anyway, 403-974-TALK is our number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.